Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. One of the reasons why Satan wants to bring division into a church because the work will come to a halt. Because instead of us looking outward, instead of us burning inside saying, I, I saw these people over there and they need help. And I saw this group over here. What can we do to help them? And, and, and can we take the God? Instead of us being of that mind, which is like, man, we come together, we burn together, we're encouraged together, we start looking outward. We'll be inside here saying, did you hear what she said? Did you hear? He said that about me. I can't. And, and that'll, that'll be us just tearing each other up. And God said, don't do that. When a church is healthy and operating in unity, they get things done for the glory of God's name. However, Satan strives to bring division to a church so the Lord's work will come to a halt. Today, Pastor Bill will share what happens when a congregation falls apart. People are no longer looking outward, looking to see how they can help the world. Instead, they are inward focused, gossiping about members, bringing disunity and strife. If you are prone to gossip, come before the Lord and ask for help to stamp out the influence of the devil and strive for unity. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter one for today's edition of A Transforming Word. The church in Acts was just, were going, they were doing so much, they were turning the world right side up. And then there began to be divisions among them. The doctrinal divisions, you know, the Judaizers coming and saying, adding to the gospel what you got to do to be saved. And so they had to stop the work, call in the apostles, have a big council meeting, and finally clear up what exactly you have to do to be saved. Then they got back to the work. But division brings the work to a halt. And so one of the reasons why Satan wants to bring division to a church because the work will come to a halt. Because instead of us looking outward, instead of us burning inside saying, I, I saw these people over there and they need help. And I saw this group over here. What can we do to help them? And, and, and can we take the God? Instead of us being of that mind, which is like, man, we come together, we burn together, we're encouraged together. We start looking outward. We'll be inside here saying, did you hear what she said? Did you hear? He said that about me. I can't. And, and that'll, that'll be us just tearing each other up. And God said, don't do that. I want to say this because I know some people are more prone to this. Who are people that are prone to cause division? I'm not picking on any particular gender. I know anybody could do it. So those that gossip and those that like to hear gossip. Some people love to gossip. They just got loose lips. And I mean, you they hear any ounce of something that might happen. Ooh, just, just, just juicy, tender, fiddle. They got to call somebody now. Um, some of you guys, that's, you got that problem. You like, you know it. You know it. You just, you're laughing right now, but you know that you get a juicy bit and you're like, ooh, as soon as somebody else called you, oh, 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 I wasn't going to, Christians do it. They couch it in prayer. You know, we need to really pray for such and such. I just heard that. I mean, we just, you know, so once I get done with all my gossip, let's pray. That makes it all better. You know, this is not right. You know, right. That, but that's how Christians do it. You know, so that's one way that division happens, because if, you know, as we share information that maybe doesn't need to be shared, then someone else weaker opinion about someone else changes. And I would cause division. I was mindful of this when I worked at the last church I worked at, that my wife is my wife got my back. My wife loves me. And she's supposed to. So I had to be careful when there are, you know, you, you, you do enough church work and there'll be people that don't like you. And somebody did something to you and said something to you. And I made it a rule that I would never tell her when somebody did me wrong because I did it one time. And I realized that by the time I was over it, she wasn't over it. She was like, don't trust him never again. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, I, and I realized I did that. Like I did that. You know, I created that. And I can't do that. 
So when I have personal gripes and beefs, I don't tell her because I don't want to spread division. Right. That was our church. Like she don't need to know. It doesn't help her to know. It doesn't benefit her to know. So it's not necessary. So, you know, that's one way division gets just people that like sharing information about other people. You find out some dirt and you're like, oh, why do I, how do we pray about this one? You, you could have prayed by yourself for them, but no, you had to go on the group prayer and tell everybody. So be, that's one way. Be careful. But then also, if you're someone that you like to hear it, your ears are like trash cans. They know that they can call you and, and dump off. You know, you got to be at a place. You got to have enough discipline to say, hey, why, we shouldn't be talking about that. I don't want to talk about them like that. I don't I don't want to I don't want to go any further in that discussion. I don't feel good. I don't. The spirit of God has told me stop. You know, I you just stop. Let's don't go any further. We shouldn't be talking about they're not here. This isn't edifying. It won't help them. You can go pray by yourself. Some of us need to have that discipline. Put your friends in check, you know, because it's your fault that they call you. They call you. They're like, I know she want to hear it. And then you, you got your. You, they know your phone got three more people to call to tell. So that's one way division happens. Another way is that we're unique people. And in a group like this, there are people that I know better than others, people that maybe are closer to me than other people. And everybody else has the same thing. That's the way of this human nature. So if, you know, my little bubble over here of friends that are closer to me, somebody in a bubble over there that's not as close as the guys over here are close to me. And someone over there does something wrong to me. And I tell this group right here. Well, now I've infected all of them toward that one person because I got access to them. They're close to me. And so now I've infected them towards. But we're all part of the same body. That's not a win. That's a loss. We lose. We lose. If I, if I divide five of them against one of them, we're losing momentum as a movement of God. Because now, instead of there being this, just overflowing with love and concern and, and concern for one another, we got, we're divided. It happens doctrinally. And this is probably a bigger one where it happens. And I think it was, it was definitely one that was happening a lot of times back here. Uh, doctrinal divisions. And what I've seen is doctrinal division happens a few different ways. One, you have people that don't study but speak. There are people that don't take the time or put in the work to study, but they hold strong convictions and will speak them and speak them divisively. No, I disagree with that. Okay. Why do you disagree? Because I believe this. Why do you believe that? Where'd you get that from? That's what I believe. I ain't actually, why? Where'd you get that from? Did you study? Did you look up the words? Did you get into it? Nope. But I just, that's what I believe. That's where I came from. And that's division. That's how division happens. Someone that didn't study, won't, won't, won't put in the effort to study, but will put in the effort to argue. Doctrinal division happens in a body. It also happens like this. When we hold the word of man in too high of an esteem. When Paul went to the church in Berea and he's Paul the apostle and he spoke and they heard him gladly and they took notes and they said, we're going to check these things out. Check you out, Paul. See about what you had to say. And Paul said, hey, man, you know what? The believers in Berea were more noble than everywhere else because they didn't just take my word for it. They took my word. And they went and studied for themselves. That's an admirable thing. But what some people do is they'll take the word of a man, never go look it up for themselves because they hold the man in such high esteem that my bishop said, well, I, no, Pastor Sutton such said, and he's on TV. He has to be right. <laughs> my goodness. You know, if you believe that, you know, so that's another thing. So you can hold the word of man in such high esteem that you don't even bother to check it out. So now you're holding a strong opinion and now the body's not saying the same thing, right? And there's, you'll see a thread through all the way that we end up in the wrong place, holding the wrong, not saying the same thing. It comes down to not being willing to study, not taking time with God and his word to understand it. Third thing is pride. Some people are so proud 
they could read that they're wrong. They ain't admitting it. No, because if I, if I change positions now, that means I've been wrong. It ain't happening. I'm not doing that. So I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I mean, and, and they'll stick to their guns. That's pride, pride will have you blindly sticking to your guns, but your guns are shooting yourself. And so pride is another way that keeps the body from all speaking the same thing. Can't, why, are we, why, why are we working out the same book? We can't be united. How come the church is so jacked up on so many things? It's, it's those, I think those are some of the issues. People won't study, but they will speak. People hold and esteem the word of man too highly. Lastly, pride. Just too proud to, to lay down my position, even if I could see in black and white in the Bible that I might be wrong. Um, so that characterizes you in any way. Uh, you want to repent of it. Um, because it, it, it causes you to be in a place that not only will it hinder your own growth, but you could become a hindrance in the body. If you hold to wrong things, but you speak, you know, you're challenging, disagreeing. Now, I'm not saying this. Understand this. It's never wrong to ask questions. I, I'm telling you, the Bereans did that. The Bereans were like, well, what, what about this? Well, we read, we, we're going to check out what you said after you said it. That's a good thing. I, everything I say as I preach here, you should go home and study it and check it out. You should be able to check it out. Um, you know, I'm never going to tell you, don't, don't question me. I'm the man of God. Question me. I'm Bill Buffington, right? It's the Bible. So you can question me. It's not, I'm not that. And, and nobody should ever be in that kind of place. Um, everybody here has a right. You got, you got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit living inside you. You have a Bible in front of you. Um, so go study. I, I that's why we do the Bible. Read. I don't read it for you guys. I encourage you guys go read your Bible, do the Bible reading. It'll blow you away. I'm, I'm being so ministered to through Daniel right now. Um, I was it was Daniel was ministering to me so much. I was like, I think I'm going to not do Corinthians and teach Daniel. But that was just because I, I was loving it so much. So I just I'm going to go ahead and stick to what I was going to do. But I'm loving it. I'm loving going through the Bible again this time. And then we're going to do it again next time. So so read your Bibles. Read it on your own. God will speak to you. He'll reveal things to you. He'll stir up faith. He'll he'll challenge you in areas there'll be things you go to bed thinking about and God will wake you up and. As you're in the word and you're opening yourself up for God to minister to you in that way. And so we don't in any way put down people questioning. Please do. Because uh, one, this is a cool thing happens when you ask questions. Uh, you ask questions, you investigate, you get answers. They stick. When you had to dig a little bit and it's like, wait a minute, I had to think about that for a minute. I don't I didn't just accept that off the back. It, it kind of rubbed me weird and I read it and I looked at it. And, oh, I got that. Now I understand why that means that you'd be amazed when you take a few extra steps how the truth sticks in your head and sticks in your heart deeper. Not just some thrown out truth that you heard somewhere, but I studied for this one. And that's a benefit of study that, you know, the more more things that are effort and things that are going into you getting from the word, you'd be amazed at how it sticks differently as you do those things. So moving on, he says, speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same in the same judgment that uh, Christians are supposed to move as one. There's supposed to be unity among us. One of the things that the enemy has done is caused such division through denominations, through different groups. You got so many denominations that all are Christian. You got, you know, I mean, we can sit here and go through, you know, Baptist and Kojic and Pentecostal and holiness and you name it on and on and on, on all these different groups and denominations that we all say we believe Jesus died on the cross, rose in the grave, come back in. But this group over here divided on this issue and this group over here made a mountain on this issue. And Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, you guys, you live in Corinth. Corinth is going to hell fast. 
Can you guys not be fighting among yourselves about, you know, in Jesus name or in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Can we not fight over that and go out there and reach some people? How dumb would it be for us to be here fighting over rather we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, like Matthew says, or in the name of Jesus, like we see in Acts, when there are people all around us dying, going to hell and baptism don't save you. How dumb is that? What a waste. But that's what ends up happening. No, they don't baptize right over there. You know, the girl arm didn't even go under all the way. You know, I am full immersion and we'd be fighting each other over some stuff like that. She going to heaven. So, what? you know, like, but that's what ends up happening. That's what division does. So be careful that you're not that person. Right. Because that's one of Satan's ploys to weaken and hinder the work. So we got to make sure that we don't we don't participate in that process. Amen. Moving on, look at verse 11. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's house, that there are contentions among you. Now, this is interesting. It, when it says it has been declared, it's a strong word. It's, that's not rumored. It's not gossip. Those are accurate. There's, there's accurate, detailed information that's come forth. Um, proven or provable information that's come forth. And... The Holy Spirit wrote down the person that said it. Chloe told me that. <laughs> and now this is the, the cool thing, right? Because we live in an era right now where people like, no, he's, you don't want to be snitching. Snitches get stitches and all this kind of stuff. She go down in the Bible. Chloe told me. Now, I'm assuming Chloe must have had, you know, a uh, good character. Chloe must have been someone of a reputable character where the, the Holy Spirit's all fit to put her in here and said, look, I've heard. It's been declared. That means there's this accurate, detailed information that's come forth to me from Chloe's household. Those of Chloe, so her and her household told me that there are contentions. Y'all over there fighting in the church of Corinth. Paul said, I've heard this from you guys, but I've heard it from a valid source. Uh, that's what it's saying. So I just would point that out, right? That's not, is it bad that Chloe told? No, because now they're going to get help. Now they're going to get help. So often, this is so such a big deal in the body of Christ. People think they're loving people by keeping the darkness in the dark. I won't tell. I'll, I'll keep that up. Couples do it. People do it in their marriages, hiding each other's sins and faults and everything else so that they just stay in the dark. Do you know that sin festers in the dark? That's where it grows. the breeding ground for sin, darkness. Satan is the prince and power of darkness. When you want to see change, you got to bring the dark things into the light through confession. Sometimes people won't confess until they're told on through they're exposed. But the dark thing is brought into the light where God can begin to work. So Chloe here is a part of the healing process for this broken carnal church in Corinth because she saw fit to tell Paul who could do something about it. She didn't just talk about him. She was like, I'm going to call the Apostle Paul. Back then, you couldn't call. So you had to write a letter and send it through somebody. But she got a letter over to Paul saying, hey, it's bad over here, Paul. They've they been they over here fighting. It's contentions. It's bad. And she was the one that let it be known. All that to say, right, if you're sitting here thinking you're helping someone out by covering their sin and hiding it for them, and, and you're not helping them, not helping them at all. You're helping them stay lost. You're helping them stay in bondage. It doesn't, it doesn't ever help anybody to keep their stuff in the dark. Nothing begins to happen until things are brought into the light. And Chloe didn't do this to humiliate the Corinthian church. She did it to help them. She didn't just tell anybody. She told 
the Apostle Paul, someone that would minister to them. But it does go down in public. It's not a secret. She didn't whisper. It's not like she said it. But don't, Paul, don't tell him I told you. But just I want you. Don't say I said nothing. But I'm telling you, Paul, it's in Scripture now. They, they all, all the church in Corinth getting the letter. They're like, Chloe told us, right? They ain't all go beat up Chloe. You know, they, they, they just, but they know who said so and how Paul got the information. Verse 12, now I say this, that each of you says, I am a Paul or I'm of Apollos or I'm of Cephas, that's Peter, or I am of Christ. So this is one of the ways in which they were divided. They were saying, whoever maybe have led them to Christ, whoever's ministry they look to, they're like, I'm of Paul. Well, I'm of Apollos. And, and everybody had their point. Paul was an apostle of apostles. Apollos was an eloquent you know, speaker, a renowned speaker. Cephas, Peter, was one of the 12. He was a, the OG disciple. You know, and, and some of them was, ah, I'm of Jesus. And that might have been the snobby group that's like, I'm better than all of you guys. I am of Jesus. But they're divided. And Paul says, you guys, this is this is this is this is them elevating men. I'm of this person. I'm of that denomination. I'm of that group. This is my pastor. I'm of this person. We're of Jesus. You guys, we're 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 Christians. We're born in the big deal is Jesus. And they missed a point and it caused division. Them elevating these men and these leaders into an unbiblical place in their hearts and their minds. And so it created division as this group was like, no, I'm, I'm from him. It almost sound like gangs, you know, I'm from Compton, you know, I'm from, I'm from Inglewood. I'm from this. I'm, they're, they're naming their leader person in, in a way that's divisive among them. And Paul says to them in verse 13, is Christ divided? Is Christ divided? He's not divided. It's one. Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So Paul asked some rhetorical questions. He said, look, you know, is Jesus divided? No. Did I die for you? No. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. And Paul is, don't, don't be claiming me. Don't be saying you of Paul. You know, don't, don't put me in this. You know, he wants to clear this up. I don't want there to be that kind of division. Verse 14, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. And later on, he'll speak of another household. But he said, I thank God I didn't baptize none of y'all. Y'all can't be claiming me, you know, it's just a few of y'all. But I'm thank God I didn't baptize any of you guys except Christmas and Gaius. Verse 15, least anyone should say that I baptize in my own name. Yes, I also baptize the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know rather I baptize any other. And he says in verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, least the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Paul says a few really interesting things here. First of all, I didn't baptize just a couple of you guys, a few of you guys. So you'd be claiming you baptize you in my name. I don't want that on me. And then he says, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So for those groups that would equate baptism with salvation, that's a problem, right? It would be like Paul saying, if, if you needed to be baptized to be saved, it would be like Paul saying, God didn't send me to lead y'all to Christ just to give the gospel out. But Paul said, look, God sent me to share the gospel. Baptism is something every Christian should do. Every believer should follow Jesus and water baptism as an outward show of what God has done in your heart. Identifying publicly with Jesus Christ. Every Christian should be water baptized. But it doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. It, just, it doesn't transform you. It doesn't save you. It is a step of obedience and faith. And many times God meets people as they step out in faith and obedient. And he does supernatural things in them and through them. But it doesn't save you. If, you, if you're not saved and you get baptized, you're just a soggy sinner. 
That's it. You're wet. Might as well went swimming. So that's effectively, that's all that changed. You're just wet now. But it's, a, it's an outward show. It's something that believers do to identify with Christ publicly. And it's an important step for every Christian to take. But Paul said, look, I, God didn't send me to baptize. That's not my business of baptism. He sent me to share the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is how people get saved. And so we want to just be clear on that. If baptism was essential for salvation, Paul would not have made this statement. But Paul said, look, God sent me not to baptize, but to share the gospel. I came to preach the gospel. Not with, now he says this, not with wisdom of words, least the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Paul could have spoke more eloquently than he did. But he said, I, I, I'm not going to be in the way. God called me just to come and share the gospel. That, that when it's all said and done, the power is of him. It's not of me. That people won't step back and be like, wow, Paul was so eloquent. Did you hear how he spoke? Oh, his English. Oh, his language. Oh, he knows big words. He said, no, no, I just simply I'm just giving out the gospel. The power is in the message of the gospel. And Paul is faithful to give that out. That's where the power is at. That's what brings transformation. That, that's, that's what does everything when the gospel goes forth. The gospel message does it all. And so Paul said, I've come to do that. That's what I'm preoccupied with. And we're going to end at verse 17. But I want to give us a few things to just to consider as we wrap up. Paul begins this letter again. Written to a church that's in a really messed up area, Corinth, uh, really carnal. And the problem in Corinth is not that they're in a carnal area, but that carnality has entered into the church. Um, they've taken on the area in which they're, they're planted in and God's got to come in and fix that. The very first thing on Paul's heart after giving them what commendations he could give them. The very first issue, the very first thing, the thing that was on the front burner of his mind is that there were divisions among them. They were divided. They weren't speaking the same thing. They were, they were divided doctrinally. They were divided over leaders. They were divided. They were divided. And, and it was showing and it was ugly and it was counterproductive. And so Paul called them on that first. And so I would just challenge all of us to consider ourselves and rather or not we're people that are divisive. That we create division, cause division, or supplement division by giving your ears to it, or rather you're someone that brings unity and peace. Because this is something that you see throughout scripture. It's never enough to not do the wrong thing. It's not enough to not hate my neighbor. Guys, I want you to love them, right? I want you to do the positive. So it's not enough that I don't cause divisions. I need to be someone that's looking to make unity between people, to unify people. When you find out there is some ism some beef or some thing that you're on the team to bring people back together again and get unity happening in the body of christ that's where god would have us to be that we be peacemakers again if you're part of it if you're if you find that you're, you're weak and struggle with gossip you know what you want to repent of that it's and i know that for some people that's a real struggle so i i made fun of it but you know i know for some people that's a legitimate struggle they struggle with gossip and just wanting to have something good to share or whatever you want to repent of that Read your Bible and find something good to share. Be, get excited about sharing that. Read, do the daily reading through the Bible and get you a good nugget out of there and be excited about calling all your friends and sharing that. That would be a great way to turn it around for someone that's, you know, gets excited every time they get a little juicy tender vittle. So, so we want to be careful about that, that we're not part of division, but beyond not being part of causing division, that we're part of creating unity within the body. And then lastly, um, Paul says this, they're divided over churches and what leadership and everything else. Paul said, look, look I, I was called to do this. Preach the gospel. It's where the power is at. That's what God wants. And it's not just for Paul, for us too. God wants us to be preoccupied with the same thing, that we be people that proclaim the truth, that we're sharing the gospel, 
that God's word is going forth through us. And so even as we go out into this week, my prayer is that God would use us, that God, wherever you go, wherever God sends you, that you would be used by him to proclaim him to other people. First Corinthians touches on how the city of Corinth was rampant with idolatry and immorality, not too different from cities of today. Does this mean that you run away and isolate yourself from the sinful world? No, but Paul's letter did communicate that as a Christian, it's important to live a life that's upright and pure before God, even in the midst of a dark and sinful world. When the pressure is great, your opportunity to contrast the dark with light can be even greater. How does one do this with all the influences pressing in? Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all things. If you're seeking some assistance with where to read, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the Word on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through 1 Corinthians. Before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to joining Pastor Bill again next time right here on A Transforming Word. Transforming Word